You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got a big-time show going on today. Good gracious. Um, had to had to switch the titles over. That's what took a little longer than, than usual. But either way, we are here now. We are ready to rock and roll. Let's go ahead and get into this thing. Uh, it is Friday, March the 5th, and we've got a lot to talk about with LSU, with the NFL salary cap massacre that's supposed to be coming next week per uh, Diana... Uh, oh God, I've forgotten her last name. Russellini, Ru- uh, Russa. What, what's her name? The ESPN. I don't know, you've lost me, bro. Uh, anyway, so it's been reported by NFL reporters that we're going to have a salary cap massacre of some pretty big names being cut next week. Lots to talk about there. Tom Brady rookie card sells for a monster amount. Um, the Big Ten has been hiding information. It's it's a, a fairly big day, and we don't want to take too much of your time, but. We got a lot to talk about, man. Uh, go to winningcureseverything.com. Anywhere that you need to be subscribed, you can find over there. Anything that you need to know about us, you can find over there. Everywhere that uh, that we go live, everywhere you can get the podcast, et cetera. Casey jumps in. Let's get it. Who's going to win the three-point contest? Man, I'm not even going to watch that thing. I don't even know. Like, I <laughs> Nope. Is that this weekend? I, I get I Listen. I have no idea. Like, I've I really watched- don't know. I've watched a good bit of Mavs. I've watched a good bit of my Celtics. I've watched a good bit of the 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 Grizz. Outside of that, I don't think I've watched a second of a basketball game that wasn't a highlight reel That's, off I'm, of any other team. I'm knee-deep in, in college basketball, so yeah. I, I have no idea. Um, McKinnon jumps in. He said, happy Friday. Uh, Casey said, Donovan Mitchell plus 350. Uh, <laughs> cheers to that. Uh, you know, I could, he, he's a hell of a shooter. In on that, Taylor jumps in. Happy weekend, boys. Uh, Casey said the All-Star Games on Sunday. Had no idea. Learned something new every day. Um, Oh, uh, by the way, our college football gambling content can be found over at sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. Very easy to find. And just hop on over to YouTube and make sure that you check out SBR Picks over there. Just search for it. Easy to find. No big deal. Um, I would would recommend going and checking it out. Next week's show is going to be a big one. We're going to go majorly in-depth. We are going to go ahead and start off today's show by discussing the LSU situation. And we'll go ahead and apologize in advance. We, This is all still relatively fresh. Neither Chris nor myself... All, had, and all the information's not out yet. And it is, but... I, I couldn't find it all, and I didn't understand it all either. So, so. It, Well, that's the thing, right? It's, it, the, the document is out, and you can, you can go read it, but it is... 
hundreds of pages, and there is a lot to it. And even guys like Ross Dellinger at Sports Illustrated and Glenn Gilbo uh, down at the uh, Advocate down in Louisiana, like they are still going through it, picking parts of it out, you know, all that kind of mess, right? Um, so we we don't know everything yet. We're gonna we're gonna try and dive more into it, you know, over the weekend. But it's, I mean, it's gonna be a bit. So we just we gotta we gotta figure some stuff out. Uh, it's it's Hush Blackwell that did the report on this. And, you know, it, it took a while to get all of the information because this stuff is old. Like, it's it's really, really... I don't know that any of this happened under Ed Orgeron. Um, and that's uh, that's the biggest thing, right? Like, I think every, some of it got reported at the very beginning of his tenure. At, before he was even necessarily hired. Yeah, I think he might have been the interim. I don't... I've, I got a little lost in the timeline, but I'm not a very good reader and this stuff reads like legal documents. And that's, yeah. Yeah. It's even harder. I I've, I've heard that's hard for even normal people to read well. So, you know, I, it, I'm, is, I'm struggling through it because I want to know the information here. Here are the biggest things. There are title nine, uh, sexual assault, whatever kind of issues going on, uh, or not going on, but that went on at LSU involving less miles involving Darius Geis, involving Drake Davis. Um, all three of those no longer with the program. It has been years since they have been there. Um, the other big news that came out today was Joe Oliva uh, wanted to fire Les Miles with cause in 2013. The lawyers looked at it, said that there was not enough there for it to be with cause. The buyout at that time would have been $15 million. So, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, it's there's, there's just a lot going on here. Uh, Joe Oliva... The, the the cracks in the foundation at LSU, it, all of this stuff just makes what Ed Orgeron pulled off, you know, in the 2018 season, uh, or sorry, 2019 season, 2019, even, more, yeah. even more incredible, right? Because there have been cracks in the foundation at LSU that started really on, on New Year's Day of 2012, you know, down in the Superdome with Alabama and LSU. From that <laughs> point on... Uh, it has been just a a almost complete disaster down there. Now, there have been good seasons and whatnot, but it has been a ton of controversy for the last eight, nine years down there. And all of this stuff has been talked about here and there, but it has all really come out. The Darius Guy stuff came out preseason last year, and... We knew that there was more stuff that was going to be coming. We just didn't know what or who it involved, right. et cetera. We learned about the Les Miles stuff early yesterday. We we knew some of the Drake Davis stuff. It had been reported locally. It, Drake Davis was not somebody that was widely known. Um, yeah, he's not He's not Darius Geis' star, yeah. and he's not Les Miles. Probably the most powerful person in Baton Rouge at his time. Uh, very much so. Very much so. Um, the thing that has come out of this, LSU has suspended Associate Athletic Director Miriam Seeger 21 days. She must have uh, domestic and sexual violence training, per the uh, Hush Blackwell report. And they have suspended Deputy Athletic Director Verge Osbury for 30 days without pay. And he must have domestic and sexual violence training. Now, And these two people are suspended because they're the only two people that are still on staff at LSU that were there during all this, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. That's, That's why. Now I don't know that they're the only two, but they are the two that that had the maybe had any kind yeah. of uh, job of power or yes. influence. Yes. Everybody um, else is, was such a lackey, and they might have worked their way up. But yeah, I got you. Uh, Scott Schneider said uh, that AD Scott Woodward has made modest improvements within the athletic department. Uh, he said at least people now know who the Title IX coordinator is, uh, implying that they had no idea who it that's, was. That's important. Back then. Um, he said, the errors that we see in athletic cases, we see them popping up in non-athletic cases as well. The answer to, are athletes being treated differently in this process? The answer is no. So it is, it's across the LSU campus. We're talking about it on a football level. This is more in step with what went on at Baylor, although on a much smaller scale than, than just saying it's a football problem. It's yeah, not, it's this not a is football a school, problem. This is a school problem. It's a president problem basically down. 
Yes. Uh, Scott Schneider, who works for Hush Blackwell, I, I don't know if I said that before, but um, LSU's Title IX reporting process, he said one survivor described it as it was designed to put victims in position to just give up because they were worn down by the process. That is never what you want yes, to see. Yeah, um, that's a problem. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy stuff. LSU did come out and release um, it, things that they are going to implement in conjunction with the recommendations. Uh, it's clarify reporting responsibilities, streamline and centralize reporting and uh, support resources, increase staffing and support. Like they are, they are now fully staffed in the Title IX department, the Title IX office. It wasn't like that when all of this was going on. Um, there's going to be more education and training. There's going to be policy clarification. They're enhancing oversight and evaluation. They're increasing awareness of resources and processes and all that. Like At the majority of big-time universities, Title IX training is pretty cut and dry. Like You have to go through a process. I have had to do it a ton. It happens every year. You don't get to skate by it's, you know, it. You have to sign your name to it. Otherwise, the school can be fined. I don't know how this... I don't know how LSU ever got to this point. I got no idea. Yeah. Um, now, this was 2013. They had started to get better as the years went along, and, and that is the case with a lot of places. But even by 2013, this was Title IX was still a major, major thing even at this point. At that, at that time, you had a USC kicker that had been kicked off of the team, uh, I believe it was in 2016, because of a false allegation that went through the Title IX office. So it was a little bit like Title IX, in some cases, had overstepped their bounds. But in some cases, there was just none. And that that was kind of the situation at Baylor. There was just... We're talking about football coaches. They don't know who to report to. They didn't know what they were supposed yep. to do with the, the information. These are, these are not... I know that everyone thinks, oh, well, Art Browse should know everything that's going on and be intricately involved. No, he's a football coach. He's drawing up plays, okay? Yeah. All these coaches, they are this... I've said this before. They're this far away being removed from being Neanderthals, okay? Now, I know Neanderthals seems to be the word of the week, uh, but I, it, that's that's... I've been saying that for years. If you're wanting these guys to handle these types of sensitive, delicate problems, that your you your want is not correct. You need to change what you want because they are not the individuals to do it. They're not mentally capable of handling it based off of their skill set. It's not what they were hired to do, and they don't know how to do it. If they just because they were hired weren't hired to do it, it's fine. But if they're not capable of doing it, then that's then it's illogical to ask them to do it. And that's what the training is for, right? And that's if you are not requiring your football coaches and whatnot to do that, that is still a part of college football. Like yes. that is, if, if you don't want to deal with it, you have to find a job in the NFL or in some other pro organization. Correct. Uh, even then, in today's climate, you're still going to have to deal with it today, right? But Correct. back then, who knows? But, but um, the, these schools should have departments set up that well, obviously LSU didn't have it fully staffed, which is a problem yeah. because had it been fully staffed, it's easy for the coaches to say, this is not my issue to deal with. I have a conflict of interest because I have a relationship with this student. You need to take this with to, to this department yeah. and, and I will usher you over there, but they handle these issues, not me because I, I'm not capable of being unbiased because I have a relationship with this child. With, I, I, we call them children, but these are all adults, but yes. I have a relationship with this person, okay? And so, therefore, I'm not capable of handling this, but this person is. That's their job is handling problems like yours. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's, And that's what we would all want, by the way. Agreed. Agreed. Take it to the correct people. Um, from the Hush Blackwell I, report, it, it, so moving moving from that, the less mile stuff, that is a whole different situation, right? Um, from the report, the so the stuff that we got out of USA Today yesterday was uh, he there were multiple students on the campus, some that worked in the football facility, some that didn't but wanted to, or something along those lines that wanted to either improve their chances at a job outside of campus, like once they graduate, something like 
all sorts of different stuff here. And Les was what what's the what's the right way to say this, Chris? I he he was being a little creepy, I guess. Yes, I th- I think I think what Les did was creepy, but I think the worst thing that he did was kiss one of these girls. And even so, that is is more it's it's a he said. And at the end of the day, said, like yeah, and at the end of the, that's what he's being alleged. And the the school did was, say, by the way, uh, that if 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 nothing more, he used incredibly poor judgment, and that's, that's correct. That's it. He so, used it, but I, I actually believe the lawyers here with the Joe Oliva's claim. I don't think Les would have been. He would have won his lawsuit, and they would have owed him his money if they had fired him for calls. Yes, because I don't think that stands up in court. And even if it all finds out that he did these things, he didn't break any laws. These girls were texting with him. So this wasn't a, a, a forced upon situation. This is a, obviously a conversation that happened over days, weeks, we don't know, months back and forth between the two of them. So it's not him just pressuring them. I think if that was the case, we would have that information. We don't. So we know that it was a mutual conversation. These are all adults. Okay, I know we like to call them students because it sounds more salacious, but they're not 15-year-old girls. They're 19 to 22-year-old girls, okay? And, and it's creepy for a 50-year-old man and a 19-year-old girl, but it's not illegal, okay? And so what is the school supposed to do if to – now, he shouldn't be holding power over them, but I, we only have one one report as of yesterday that I read stuff I read today didn't say anything about that where Les supposedly offered to be able to help her, but it never says he, he, it was a, the word from last year was quick pro quo. It, it was never a, if you do this for me, I'll do this for you. I think if they've been texting back and forth and she asked for help, I, I think he would say, yeah, I'm gonna, now I'm also, now, I'm there's, also there's, inclined to defend less right now, because right now I think he was super creepy, but I also think, that's what he was was super creepy. Yes. They, uh, so uh, let me let me jump into this. Um from the from the Hughes, uh Blackwell report on LSU, uh the first student worker to allege wrongdoing from Les Miles was quote completely traumatized is how she put it. Uh in May 2019, Lewis provided a statement to Lindsay Madatic, the university's deputy title IX coordinator for employees in an appeal of an institutional finding that she purportedly failed to make a required PM73 report. That statement chronicled significant alleged misconduct committed by the then most powerful person in the athletics department and perhaps the university, LSU football coach Les Miles, from approximately 2009 until Miles' departure in, uh, in 2016. Miles has denied all allegations of misconduct, and we are not in a position to offer an opinion on whether the allegations against him are true or not. Instead, the issue is whether the university responded to this report against a powerful member uh, of the athletic department in a manner consistent with then existing legal guidance well-recognized best practices and institutional policy? The answer is no. Uh, they did not. Um, Lewis's so with, report... But well, on, hold on, with hold on. that, like the girl that's that's claiming she was completely traumatized, we don't know what she's traumatized from. That's all I've tried to do all day was figure right. out. So what did he do that traumatized here, her? Here's the report. Lewis's report... I'm spe- not defending the guy. I just want to know. Lewis's report speaks for itself, but among the allegations leveled is that after losing the 2012 National Championship game, Miles attempted to sexualize the staff of student workers in the football program by, for instance, allegedly demanding that he wanted, quote, blondes with the big boobs and, quote, pretty girls. According to Lewis, he also allegedly took a more direct role in the hiring of those student workers... Lewis's account was corroborated by several witnesses. Um, in our review, according to Lewis, she repeatedly expressed her concerns to various athletics administrators, and she felt those reports, quote, went nowhere. In 2012, Miles had just completed his eighth season uh, as head football coach. In late January of 2013, the university announced it had negotiated a new contract with Miles, which included significantly increasing his annual salary. Um, blah, 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 blah. It was presented to the Board of Supervisors. Uh, let's see. In her interview, Lewis stated that around this time, her, quote, worst nightmare happened when an athletics department student worker, quote, student one, came to her very upset about something that happened when she was alone with Coach Miles. According to Lewis, student one requested her assistance in confronting Miles regarding the allegations. Another longtime football operations employee was present for the meeting and recalled from her perspective that student one was, quote, completely traumatized by the alleged incident. Quote, this child had a dead stare. She just kept saying over and over, you know what you did to me, to Coach Miles. Uh, Sharon Lewis echoed this, describing the interaction between student one as emotional and traumatic. 
Uh, following this encounter, Lewis immediately reported the incident to Seeger. According to two athletics employees interviewed as part of our review, student one met with Seeger, but, quote, the university never did anything about it. There is no record of the student's concern being investigated in a manner consistent with then-university policy. There are also no records or other evidence of student one being provided with notice of her rights and options in response to the complaint, or perhaps more importantly, any supportive resources other than the support of Sharon Lewis and the coordinator of football operations and assistant to the head coach, Yael Lufton. Uh, Lofton and Lewis stated that after this incident, student one fell off the face of the earth and did not know what happened to her after that. Um, I, so you know. That all sounds horrible. That all sounds awful. And, and, and it is awful if it really happened. But what is the it? What, it, what like, was he, she traumatized yeah, from? She never told them what he did to her. It, like, you know what you did to me is what she said. And she yeah. said it in front of athletic department officials and uh, the coach. Yes. I, you know, I, unless that's a tough, that's yeah. a tough accusation. If you just say, you know what you did to me. And because now I don't know that that holds up in any court whatsoever or investigation, but, but it is it's damning. Also, it's absolutely damning. It, it is also on the university to make sure that they, uh, that they investigate. Right. That's because, right. but they did none of the sort. That's and right. that's that's bad. You're you're a hundred percent right on all of that. All of that. I'm not. Def- I know this is coming. I feel like this is coming across as I'm defending these people because this is my school. Okay, it's a place I love. I'm not. I just want to know what what actually happened. Okay, uh, and Sharon, and Lewis, I don't know way. how you can report a a complaint, but then never tell the people you're reporting the complaint to what the complaint is. Uh, Sharon Lewis, uh, the athletic department official, um, mm-hmm. it, it, the report on her said that because of the allegations and the lack of response from the university, uh, that she had a mental breakdown, um, said that she was a longtime associate AD working in football ops. She wanted, uh, a long time ago, both Verge Osbury and Miriam Seeger to be investigated by the Title IX office and says she encountered resistance from them when reporting incidents. Uh, that is also... Not a good so thing. That's, that's very problematic. Mike, I just, I have a problem with Sharon. This individual who was close to the, to the complaint. Okay. Close to the victim. Ha, obviously she was close enough with her to know this was a problem. And the girl didn't tell her what happened. Yeah. That's, that's strange to me. Now I can't explain it. I've never been a victim of anything like that. So I don't have a clue what someone goes through. Okay. I can't, put myself in those shoes. I don't know what that's like, but I do know that if you're going to go to somebody to complain, at some point in time, you have to actually tell them what this person did for them to investigate. Yes. Uh, right. The, the only, like if you just say he did something to me, what do you do? Well, I'm not going to tell you, you got to investigate. I don't even know how to do that investigation. Hey, Les, what'd you do? Uh, oh, okay. Investigation over. Agreed. Because we I, have no real complaint. I, 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 I think no LSU idea. cocked this up, but yeah. I also think at some point in time, these victims have to cooperate. They have to cooperate. You have to tell at least one person you have to find what, and this, this Sharon lady was obviously an advocate for her, was obviously fighting for her. So it's not like nobody at LSU was fighting for her that she could trust or depend on or lean on. If you tell Sharon, then you have, then we have what we need. Then Sharon can, you no longer have to face this trauma anymore. And Sharon can take the investigation forward. Yes. Uh, the only, I don't know how you investigate it. If they never tell you what happened, the only current, uh, LSU assistant that is named in here is Mickey Joseph. Um, it mentions briefly in the report he was, and this is from the law office. The university put him in the quote, impossible position of keeping Drake Davis away from his former girlfriend and LSU tennis player Jade Lewis, who yeah. had alleged abuse, um, he—that's that, almost impossible because it, that's the, right. The tennis coach was also in this situation. Like that's right. How do you keep them apart? Like that's, it's that's right because you can't be around them twenty four seven. You're their coach. You're not even if you're their parent. Like at some point in time, they leave the house to go to class. Like. They're adults. They, they leave your, you know, your watch. You can't, you can't yeah. if, control if, that. If you have other job duties, which they do. They do. You can't just And other babysit. responsibility to other students as well. Yes. Like that is a, that's, 
that is an impossible request to ask of somebody. Yes. Uh, the, the latest on Darius Geis, um, he played his final game at LSU in the Citrus Bowl after the, uh, the 2017 season. No, the 2016 it was, season. It was 2016. It was 2017, so 2017 Citrus Bowl. Yeah. Um, he apparently sexually harassed a 70-year-old attendant during a high school championship game. Uh, it was reported to the university. Geis was never put through the university's disciplinary process. Uh, it says on December 9th, Geis attended a... Okay, so it was not while he was in high school. No, it was... It was, it was, it was he went to a high school championship game he was as a an player. LSU player. Yeah. yeah. Um, it says, following the game, the athletics department received a report that Geis had aggressively sexually harassed a 70-year-old Superdome security guard. In her appeal of the PM73 violation and in interviews with, uh, with the law firm, Lewis stated that on or about December 13th, a woman and or her purported legal representative began calling the football operations office demanding to speak with Coach Orgeron regarding an alleged incident of sexual harassment involving Darius Geis. Lewis stated that she immediately sent a text message to Seeger and Osbury relaying the information and provided screenshots of her text messages to Seeger, which were included in her appeal of the PM73 failure to report finding. Uh, although Lewis reported the incident to Seeger, uh, on December 13th, the Title IX office did not receive information regarding the report until December 19th when the alleged victim and or her representative called the Student Advocacy and, uh, or, sorry, Advocacy and Accountability Office directly. According to the SAA incident report, the alleged victim stated that she was working security at the Superdome on December 9th for the high school football game. <clears throat> Excuse me, at 3.30, she was sitting on a chair at her post when Darius Geist and several other men approached her. He began saying that he likes older women and asked if she would like to have sex with him. She was shocked and told him it was not funny. He continued to gesture at his private area and grab himself in front of her, saying that older women are my thing and that they could just go off and do it somewhere. She told him that she is a grandmother and 70 years old and he shouldn't talk to people that way. The other men began to laugh. She tried to tell him how disgusting it was that he, <clears throat> excuse me, that he would treat her that way. But he kept talking about sex as he got into an elevator and left. She reported to her supervisor and the person that called, uh, or and that person. Uh, called the coach at LSU. Sorry, the supervisor called the coach at LSU. Yeah. He said that Darius was probably just kidding around and that Darius came from a broken home. She said that she did not care and he should be punished for his behavior. She said that he did it with such ease and she felt like he had done this before. The coach asked what she wanted, uh, if she wanted an apology. She told him that she wanted Darius to sit out from a game, the bowl game. Uh, the coach dismissed her and no one has returned her calls or done anything about the incident. Yeah. Now... The law firm was not able to identify the coach that was referenced. Um, and Seeger did indicate that she was aware of the information and that they were notified about a week ago. Uh, despite that, Seeger did not report the matter to the Title IX office. Uh, this was an error, if for no other reason than LSU's Title IX policy applied to off-campus conduct in certain situations. Yeah. I mean, this, this some of this stuff is just... Uh, Insane. But but you're you're right in the way you started this whole thing and unfolding it is... This is all pointing back to information's not getting to the people that it's supposed to handle this stuff, and those people either weren't in place or were inept at their job. Yeah, correct. If now, they now, were so in place, they weren't doing their job, and nobody knew they were there to handle this stuff. I, once again, I'm, I'm not giving coaches passes on this stuff, but I don't know what you expect to happen from when you bring it to a coach. I will tell you from my – I I feel like if you take this to a coach, I don't know what kind of rep like reprimand is going to actually happen. Well, no, it the re, so the the suggestions for reprimand would come from the Title Nine office. From like the Title it, that's who that should be handling all of this. By so the way. when when somebody calls the school and they demand to talk to the coach, I. I mean, this they is, need to be they need to be directed to Title Nine. Yes, they don't need to be allowed to talk to the coach. Exactly, because once again, the these coaches are like father figures to these guys. Okay, I don't I don't know what you want someone who's that close to them to do. Darius guys coming from a broken home is no excuse. Oh, for that was his a behavior. that was a bullshit answer to get um, her off the phone. But but at the same time, that could really be what whoever the coach is. Believe was, you're right. Was believing now. We, no, I would, you're exactly I would right. Yeah, that coach, that coach might actually think 
well, this is why he's acting that way is I've seen how this kid was raised and he's got a lot of, a lot of problems, Yeah, you know, and do you want me to bring more problems on him because he harassed you? He, you know, I'm really sorry for your troubles, but this is how coaches respond to things because they're coaches. Yeah. The coach looks at it as, okay, so he, he said some stuff to you that's kind of offensive yeah. Like, get, get out of here. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. You but know. that's why they're not the right people to handle these things. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's just a, the whole thing. So so getting to, to modern day, the question is, while we now know all of this stuff, and it is news, it should be absolutely reported. Uh, we probably should have known about some of this stuff way sooner than right now because this is stuff that happened, you know, four years ago. If that is the case, we... What what is there left to do? Like so I know that there's a lot of people outraged, you. right? You you under you understand what's happening more than I do because I can't understand what's the reporting right now. It's coming out really choppy and 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 in pieces, and it's been hard to put together in my my gorilla brain. My my request to you was: here's what I want to know. Being a fan of LSU, okay, I'm I'm actually a supporter. These people get my money. I buy their gear. I buy tickets to their things. You know, I I am a supporter of this school and I care about what happens to it. So here's what I want to know. I would like to know exactly what happened with with Les. Okay, now now that's a little bit more personal because I I kind I kind of worshipped this guy for a long time. Okay, yeah. I mean you shouldn't. This is why you don't put people on pedestals. By the way, it's because they'll always let you down. All right, yes. but I you know this is somebody who who I I want to know what happened because I. I'm emotionally invested in knowing what actually happened here. All right. Right. But the other question is, is after we find out what happened, what are we doing now? Because I'm going to paint you a picture. Now this is a understand. This is a perfect world picture for a guy like me. Okay. A lot of bad shit was going on. A lot of problems today. Title nine's fully staffed. We've, we've addressed all of the issues that happened from these things. All of the people involved in this stuff have been let go, except for these two individuals, and they're being punished and, and going through retraining, all right? And the only reason nobody found out about it because they were just now getting reports of it. So what, what do you do if LSU internally fixed the problems before the media got the information out and everybody knew about it? Is it okay that they fixed it all internally? Is it okay that the world didn't get their their five minutes of outrage and 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 the ability to yell and to scream and to call them bad names and and say it, you know, what a terrible place it was if it's all fixed? It's this is all pending the fairy tale of if it's all fixed. I, but I need to know, I would like to know where we are now. What what is what does the staffing look like at Title Nine? Not what is the new plan because all of these investigations are happening now. What was it before the investigation just happened? Okay, did the new AD come in? Did he restaff it up? Joe Oliva, I was super critical and super harsh of him for a long time. The longer he's been gone, I, I've given him more of a pass on some of these things, but some of these things I'm not staffing up that Title Nine issue, knowing like taking care of some of these things, they do fall under his umbrella. So while he was willing to fire a national championship coach, he was also the guy that was around when these investigations of Geis and Davis happened. Yeah. So, so why did, why did these people who worked directly under him and under his umbrella fall short of doing their job? Why did they not know where to send people? Why did title nine staff not be fully fully staffed. Now that's more of a school president thing than him, but he knows those things are happening, right? He, he's, he's aware of it. And so he's got to, he's got to make, I, I need to see the outrage and the cry, not just of less. It, it seems like the less deal was a money deal. It was a, we need to get rid of this guy because I think we got a bad contract. I think we got roped into a bad contract and this is a way to get out of it for calls. Yeah. more than this is the right thing to do. Yeah. I so this is from an anonymous longtime football staff member at LSU. 
and mm-hmm. and we'll read this, and then I'll I'll tell you one more thing that happened uh, regarding LSU today, and we'll uh, we'll move on, and we'll we'll talk about more of this on our SBR show next week. We'll get a little, little more in depth with it. Uh, the longtime football staffer, uh, anonymous guy, said uh, to think that that was almost normal for us because we had been involved in that for so long until you step back and look at it and go, my God, what did we, what were we doing? You know, but that's how that's the progression it came through, uh, came to. It just became normal, which is sick now that you think about it. The fact that that became normal to us was crazy, you know, but it was always like nobody ever really wanted to rock the boat. And then poor Sharon, though, I mean, like I said, she had most of the brunt of it because she was over the girls. We were so beat down and caught up in that mess, we didn't realize how bad we were, you know. That's what upsets me. Like, it it sounds like there could be even more That's right. to this, and, and it's just stuff that will likely never come out. Um, and it might, and it might take some time to come out. Yeah. But once again, I just those are as a fan of this school. Those are the two questions I, I. I would like to know what Les actually did. Okay. Agreed. Right now, I know that he was creepy. Okay. I know that he had a, a, what what people would see as a creepy relationship with these girls. But I don't. I don't know that it goes much farther than that, unless I have definition of quick pro quos of hey. You know, you give me a little something, something, and I get you a little something, something, and that's fine. But, but I, it that doesn't seem to be what happened. All right, this this woman that was traumatized. I'd like to know what actually happened to her to cause her Agreed. to be that traumatized. Like we we know okay. that it, that he offered uh, for girls to come to his condo alone. Yeah. We know that he drove girls around, you know, uh, around the school and around the city in his car with just those two. We know, yeah. like he tried to kiss uh, one of them, or did ki- I don't I don't even know anymore. But the thing is, is like, like, how did he get him in the car? Did he right. like roofie him? I mean, are we are we you know are we are we Cosby in this situation? Did he get him in there by force, or did he have yeah. a relationship with these girls that people would say is creepy and inappropriate or whatever? But at the end of the day, it is it is two consenting adults. Yeah, like it, they, he offered for them to babysit his kids, and yeah, and. They apparently agreed at some point. I mean, not. I, I don't know. Uh, mo- moving on. I didn't on. understand the. I Go didn't ahead. understand. So Les didn't. Les didn't live in a condo. Les had a. Les had a house, kind of a big, nice yeah. house in Baton Rouge, and he had a condo. And one of the complaints was, is while he was at a condo, they said he offered to take them to a hotel. And I'm thinking, he's already got you at the condo. Yeah, why does why he need he- to go to a hotel? That doesn't like that story doesn't make sense to me. I, I agree. Now, I'm not saying it didn't happen and I'm not defending the guy. I just, I, I would like the story to make sense and maybe it makes sense to others. And I just, you know, I'm all that's wrong with society. And so I don't get it. I don't know. No, I, I think you're just looking for logic and, and that's totally fair. Uh, Nomad Ways jumps in and said, Hey guys, found you a couple months ago since, uh, and since I've loved your content, uh, would like to know your opinion about Skip Bayless and his new contract. If you have one, keep it up. Thanks. Uh, we will jump to that here momentarily. Um, to stay on the LSU thing, this is a slightly different subject, but I think worth uh, at least bringing up. John Paul Funes, who pled guilty in 2019 for embezzling nearly, uh, nearly $800,000 from the Children's Home Foundation, yep. uh, he has been released from prison and will finish his term at home. Uh, now, he is also a focus of the NCAA's infraction case into LSU's football program. That's right. Because uh, he was it, embezzling money to give it to the school. Found it very interesting. Uh, well, no, not not to the school, but to, uh, like, a an offensive lineman's dad for, well, yeah, like, oh, a yeah. job that didn't okay. exist. For, like, to, to pay players. Yes, basically. Yes. Basically. So, it, very, very strange. Um, I don't know of anybody that has pled guilty to embezzling that uh, – Spent less than a year in jail and got to some go of home. It, I mean, I, some of it. Some of it could be. This is a. This is very much a, a white collar crime, and we would we would like to not waste taxpayers' money. Yeah, to, I think, I think to I'm put okay this with person that. in a cage. We're going to slap an ankle bracelet around him. We're going to make him see a PO. We're going to keep tabs on him, but I don't need the taxpayers to feed him and house him. Yeah, um, and also some of it is is medical issues. COVID is still a big deal in the prisons. They're letting people go. I'm okay with them letting guys like this go over rapists and murderers. Like, you know, yeah, I agree. Like, like, I think, I think there's a, I think there's a math problem being done in the criminal justice system as to when we get overflows, who, who are we going to say, Hey, 
you've done some time. Now we're going to slap an ankle bracelet on you and tell you you can't leave the state or you can't leave the county, and you got to see a PO twice a week and this, that, and another. You're still under massive restrictions. We're just not going to pay to feed and house you. Totally and, I'm, and, and I'll say the, the libertarian in me is very fine with that. Like I'm, I, I think what this guy did is gross, but, but I also, you know, I understand what we're wasting a cage on a yeah. guy like that. I, I tend to agree. Uh, to answer Nomad's question, uh, Skip Bayless signed a new four year, $32 million contract with FS1. And if Fox sports believes that he is worth $8 million a year, then cheers to that because we are in the sports media business. And if he's getting $8 million a year, then there is no reason why you and I can't make a living wage uh, doing, <laughs> doing For this. some reason, for some reason, Skip's got a following. In a, and I don't even know if it's a fan base. I think he gets most of his watch for hate watch. Yeah. But but he's he's built that niche for himself. And, man, that pays. You know, those eyeballs that, it's weird that that advertisers would see you as just as valuable if people watched to hate you as they would to if they watched because they loved you. Because if he was actually doing live reads like we would do sometimes, like you wouldn't you wouldn't buy anything he was selling, but yet the advertisers still pay the same amount of dollars per per listen, per download. Yeah. So now TV's a little bit different, but it's it's that same concept is strange to me. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, he, he does have a lot of viewers, but it, his numbers at FS1 have not been nearly uh, what they were at ESPN. Now, a lot of that is because FS1 is still relatively new. Uh, Matt said, I don't like Skip, so I never give him attention. Uh, there are a lot of people that are like that. There yeah. are a lot of people that, that do watch him just to hate on him. So Just to hate you know, on him. He, he has brought the biggest audiences to FS1, so... You know, if they think he's worth eight million, sure. You know, yeah. I'm I'm getting and, and you're and you're right. Can 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 a brother can can you and I make a living? You know, that's what we like. I would imagine. I would imagine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, moving, anyway. moving off of that, um, we're not going to spend too terribly long on the rest of this stuff. The NFL salary cap massacre is coming next week, uh, supposedly. Uh, you know, we'll see already. Um, we have had the Dolphins cut Kyle Van Noy. Uh, we've had the Lions say that they are going to cut cornerback Desmond Trufant. Washington football team has cut Alex Smith. Everybody is trying to... So they're, they're saying, they're guessing right now that the cap is going to be $180 million or somewhere roundabout. If it ends up being 177 if it ends up being 175 if it ends up being 185 uh, it's, you know, that's a massive difference. So everybody's trying to put themselves in position. However, because of the loss of funds last year, that you're going to have a, a cap hit. Like, it, it's, yes. going to, it's going to cut down quite a bit. And... If that is the case, you are going to see a lot of big-name guys that are going to be cut this year. Now, Big Ben went ahead, Ben Roethlisberger, went ahead and signed a new contract with Pittsburgh that drastically reduces his pay as a starting quarterback. And it is totally fair, by the way. I mean, he, he wasn't He's not going to get paid market value instead of the $41 million cap hit that he was about to hit, yeah. hit the team. He, he is now being paid $14 million for next season. Uh, his cap hit is still relatively large, but they cut a significant part of that out. 
they That's will right. still be able to sign guys that they need, et cetera, et cetera. I so, think they spread it out over a couple of years is how they appeased the the the, the union with that. Yeah, so it's it, it's interesting. Um, I tell me your thoughts on on the salary cap massacre that I'm sure is going to lead our show uh, pretty much every day next week. Um, I'm interested to see who gets dropped and who doesn't. Um, and some of these guys, it's you know, it's you know, they're they're getting dropped before the massacre hits, you know, before we yeah. actually have hard numbers as to what what's gonna happen with the salary caps. I was I was shocked that Van Noy got, got released. I was shocked that uh, uh Trufant got Van released. Van Noy was uh was one year into a four year like forty million dollar guaranteed contract. I mean yeah. it, it was insane. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I I was shocked that he got re- and Trufon got released. Those are the two that I was shocked at, um, and we will we will see where these guys land, and uh, we'll see kind of how much. I'm going to tell you this: I think we're going to see a shit ton of fifteen to twenty four million dollar one year deals. Yep, I I think you're going to see a lot of uh, ring chasing. You're going to see. You know, some teams that that maybe you could consider super teams, maybe like it, no. In a here's way. the problem: these guys getting cut. Like Vanoy was able to be cut because he just didn't produce at Miami the way he produced at, right, at right, New right. England. But it, you're, you're um, gonna see you're gonna see big name guys that tend to group together that may not be. It, it's kind of the JJ Watt thing, right? Like JJ Watt yeah. is not. Uh, JJ, premier, if the Cardinals make a Super Bowl run, it ain't because they 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 went and got JJ. Exactly, right. exactly, and that's what I'm saying is that you you might see some guys try and sign with Tampa Bay. You might see some. I mean, it, it, New England has got a ton of cap space. Yeah, New England's got a ton of money. So, I'll tell you who's got a, the, the Brownies got a ton of money. Uh, the Panthers as well. I the mean, Panthers it, have a ton of money. The Panthers are trying like crazy to. I mean, the the owner used the phrase. I'm willing to move heaven and earth to get a star quarterback. Yeah. And it, like I if I was a star quarterback out there, if I was hustle and bustle, or if I was Mr. Watson, I I would be looking because I want to play for an owner who wants to move heaven and earth to get me, not who's trying to get me to renegotiate a deal to take less money to make the team better. No, no, no. He openly is telling people, I want to move heaven and earth to get my star. Yes. Yes, and I like I like. I want to go play like for that. that guy. Yes, I don't want to play for that guy. No, you are I'll correct be your about star, that, sir. Yeah. Um, the Lions cutting Desmond Trufant. I, I get it. Money saving. Yeah. Uh, the Saints cut their longtime uh, uh, punter. Um, yeah. You know, it, you're you're going to see a ton of these deals. Like it, guys are going to get cut across the board. It's going to be really bad. Uh, Damian said, "I wouldn't be surprised if all these players getting cut end up in the XF, uh, XFL." No, no, no. Well, no. not all of them. No, no there are some of them that probably will. Yeah, some will, uh, but there will be big name guys. When I say I, it's a massacre, I, I'm talking about big name guys that you know. That you know. That, that, that I think I think these guys will all find homes. They just won't find homes for the contracts they want. Exactly. So it, it's going to be a strange year. Strange year next year. Uh, Casey wants to know when we're going to give our NCAA uh, conference tourney picks. Uh, well, those start next week. So we've still got Monday and Wednesday next week before the games really kick off. So we we will be talking college basketball. No worries. No worries. Um, Tom Brady. Let's talk about Tom Brady for a second. The Tom Brady rookie card, um, it, one of one of only what a hundred uh, different types of this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It it sold for one point three two million dollars yesterday, and I was I was surprised at this partly because the record for a football card for the the selling price of a football card was just set last month. With a Patrick Mahomes card that sold for eight hundred sixty-one thousand dollars. Now, I, th- I think that's insane. I, I don't understand the Mahomes thing. Like the Brady thing, okay, yeah, I get it. No. Because he's won seven damn Super Bowls. Like I get his it. legacy is done. Unless unless Tom Brady gets caught cutting up little children or me too somehow massively, his legacy story is over. Okay, if he wins another one, it 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 wouldn't add another zero. Or, or change that number of value that that guy has. His story is still being told, but the bulk of it has been told. If Patrick Mahomes, I don't want to speak horrible things, but if he blows an AC joint in his shoulder and 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 blows an Achilles at the same time and never ever ever makes another playoff game, but plays another five years, 
whoever paid eight hundred grand for his rookie card pissed away a lot of money. Exactly. And the and the story of Patrick Mahomes is gone. Is the, done. The thing that so a Mickey Mantle baseball card sold for. Uh, five point two million dollars in January of this year. That one I'm makes okay sense. with that. that However, makes sense. you inform me of the biggest basketball card or the highest priced basketball card ever, and that ever. was a Luka Doncic card that sold for. Da, 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 let's see, this was um, March second. Okay, so this Three? was just a few days ago. Yes, um, that's what I, when I told you it was like it just happened. Four point six million dollars for a Luka Doncic. Rookie this card. guy's been in the league for two years. Now, this is a guy I love. I told you, this is a team. This is one of the three teams that I actually watch play basketball this year, okay? This is a team that I actually care about. This is a guy I love to watch. This is insane. This is patently insane. Yeah, what I, are we I'm talking about? I'm a guy that's never won a playoff series. But, I love the kid, and I think he's going to be a star. But once again, what happens if this dude blows out his shoulder or his knee or his leg or something crazy happens and he never plays again or he, or he plays for a while, but he just loses his game? The, the second highest-priced basketball card, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, his rookie card sold for $1.8 million in, uh, in September. That one's followed by LeBron James's rookie uh, patch autograph card sold for $1.8 million in July. And then Michael Jordan's 1997 game-used jersey fragment, which was turned into an autographed card, sold for $1.44 million last month. Uh, fifth place might soon be taken by a 96-97 Kobe Bryant Topps rookie card, currently up for auction, which has a top bid of $1.2 yeah. million. Now, I, I could see Kobe cards going going through the roof now because his story has been told. Yes. His life is over. Th- these guys that are that are still alive, Okay, that's fine. Still active players. And Luca and Patrick, they basically have two years under their belt of real playing football. Like, what are we doing? What in the hell are we doing? Like, the the (laughs) highest paid Mike uh, uh, baseball card in a while was Mike Trout a couple years ago. Like, he's still playing. Yeah, his was over $4 million, right? This is a guy that's never won a playoff series. Just unreal. Ever in his life. $4 million. Taylor wanted to know, did Chris buy the Tom Brady card? No, Chris. No, if Chris had that kind of cheese, I would not be spending it on a car. I don't collect stuff, guys. I just don't, man. I spend money on experiences, but uh, but I don't, I don't really collect stuff. Yeah, Matt said someone... all of those toys in the background of my normal background. Those are all toys that I played with. Like most of yeah. those, like I literally have to like glue them into the spot that they're in because they don't work anymore because they were played with. Matt, I have nothing of value that was given to me. Well, of course, of course not. <laughs> and if you did, you wouldn't have it there. You'd have it in a safe. Like no, I I display it. I don't care. Take it down. <laughs> Matt said someone needed to hide their money, so they overspent for uh, for athletic cards. Uh, Casey said it must be nice to be rich. Hey, uh, Casey uh, said, hey, you guys got to give your picks early so we can take your advice and get some money down. Come on now, lol. Casey, you don't uh, you don't want my you don't uh, want my picks on college basketball. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I here, assure you. Here, let me tell you this, Casey. We still don't know the actual bracket setups for these tournaments. Yeah. So until I see what the matchups are going to be, I'm going to take a bunch of dogs. At, just in case you're wondering, yeah, I'm I'm going to wait for the matchups to play themselves out, and and then once the bracket is set over the weekend, we will talk about that on Monday. So yes, yeah. I know that the ACC tournament starts on Tuesday. That's why I said we'll talk about it Monday and Wednesday. Uh, no matter, I, like, I, I actually want to talk about like somebody they had money to hide. Like you can hide that money a in in Bitcoin or Dogecoin or anything like that. Or gold. Excuse me. You can also hide it in gold and silver, by the way. You can just go buy physical gold and silver and and hide it that way as well. Like you don't have to buy something that seriously might be worthless in a couple of weeks. Yes. Yes, you're you're exactly right. Um let's see. Matt Miller said AMC to the moon. Uh Nomad said has Patrick seen a UFO? Apparently that matters now. Uh <laughs> Just ridiculous. I, I guarantee we would have talked about that if we were doing like. A I know. Show I know. Today. This was this is way too heavy of a show for the off season. You know, I like to yeah. dick around. I really hate that it was my team involved too, but it's okay. It's all right. I'm. I will tell you this. I'm. The, I'm the my my responsibility in life is to be the most consistent son of a bitch you've ever seen. Hey, did you see? Tom Brady respond when Hell so oh yes to Colin yes, yes. did you did How you, do you see, know I've never seen it did you see what I yeah. what I responded yeah so I for those it. I liked it for those listening uh that that don't I do the Twitter it. thing look I 
Tom Brady responded to Colin Cowherd, who was saying that he doesn't like his quarterbacks uh, looking at aliens and looking at UFOs and whatever else. He said, you know, Tom Brady and, you know, all the other great quarterbacks, Joe Montana, et cetera, uh, they haven't seen aliens. So I don't want my current quarterback to be looking for aliens. Tom Brady responded and said, Colin, how do you know I've never seen an alien? And I responded and said, Tom Brady played with Randy Moss, so I thought it was assumed that we had all seen an alien. Yeah. Randy Moss yeah. was an alien. Like, he absolutely was. <laughs> uh, Matt, so, so do, do I tell, hang on, do I, I have one, like, and this is like the most boring Randy Moss story in the world, but I tell you that I, I was in the presence of Randy Moss. I had a chance to meet him. No. So, you know how I do barbecue? I used to do barbecue fest every year, right? Yeah. So the one year we had the big flood and it got moved to the University of Memphis Tiger Lane. Okay. My yep. favorite year of Barbecue Fest ever, by the way. I got I lost my pants and I <laughs> and I I they had my keys, my wallet, they had everything in there. I woke up in my barbecue tent in my boxers and my and my my hoodie that I was wearing. And that was it. And I had a really good time. I don't I don't know what else happened, and it was awesome. Um I drove home in my drawers though. Good anyway, Lord. that <laughs> Our tent, the way our tent backed up where our grills are, the back of our tent, across the way, it was probably, I don't know, 30, 40 yards away from us was the back of another tent. And Randy Moss was in that tent. He was outside all the time, kind of alone by himself. Every now and then, one or two guys would be back there with him, but not a lot. And he was playing cornhole, and he was smoking a black. Like a mild and he was having a good time. And the whole night, at no point in time of my alcohol consumption, did I ever get to the ability to work up the nerve to go speak to him. And this is after his days with the Patriots. This is after like like he had he had he had blown past my my hero worship level. Okay. And I was <laughs> I was that afraid to there was there was no amount of alcohol. Obviously, there was a lot of alcohol consumed. There was no amount of alcohol consumed to a point where I was brave enough to go say hello. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but I saw him and I watched it and I did, boy. I you you think what you think what Les was doing was creepy. All right. No, 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 no. This was creepy because I didn't take my eyes off of him for like hours upon hours and upon hours. I just watched him. I I love it. I think that we need to end the show on that. I That's, I'm fine with it. We will uh we will talk on Monday about the Big Ten trying to hide information about them canceling their season and whatnot through a third party app. We'll uh we'll talk about that on Monday. We'll also talk about it on our SBR show next week. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to that show. Our off season week seven show is up. Our FC uh, FS good gracious, I've said FS one so many times now. FCS previews are. If we ever get an FS one show, that'd be awesome. That'd be I'm awesome. In. Uh, but no, our FCS previews are on that. We talked uh, a lot of stuff uh, around the offseason in that show, along with the way too early top 25 and et cetera, et cetera. So go over to SBR Picks on YouTube or search out sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. You can also find everything to know about us over at winningcureseverything.com. Uh, Chris, is there anything emergent that we need to hit on? No, no, there's bigger stories that we need to get on. You're uh, you're right about that. We'll, We'll just, we'll just end it. That works for me. Hopefully everybody has a good weekend. Taylor and everybody, Taylor jumped in, by the way, pro severe for, uh, for the next Super Bowl hurts like hell rocks. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, we, we are no longer playing, but, uh, that sounds good to me. I, I would definitely take, uh, I definitely take the payday. So <laughs> I don't I don't know that we could outdo some of these bigger names, but it sure would be fun. Uh Trubisky is definitely an alien from Damien. Uh and then Taylor said, damn, Chris mossed himself. Yeah, you kind of did, didn't you? Kind of did. All right. We appreciate all of you. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully we can all cash some tickets this weekend. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 